0: Robert Malone, Face to Face with the Global Predators, Part 1. This is a repost of Dr. Malone's recent essay. I liked it so much that I read it aloud for you. Subscribe to Who is Robert Malone on Substack.com for more content like this. His original title was Uncovering the Corona Narrative, Ernst Wolf's Answer to the Big Questions that Have Plagued All of Us. This was published March twenty fifth, 2022. Many of have followed this coronavirus, quote, public health crisis, and the nonsensical response provided by most of the Western nations, including the United States, have been perplexed by two big questions. How is, was this done in such a globally coordinated fashion, and why was it done? In my case, I've tried to follow the various threads of facts and logic to confront the perplexingly dif- dysfunctional public policies and to make sense of what is so deeply illogical. What I have found has been layers of lies, one on top of another, which seem to require an amazingly coordinated and globally comprehensive control and shaping of information in the form of propaganda and censorship on a scale that was previously unimaginable. Total information control and total unrestricted, all-encompassing information warfare. Modern media manipulation of thought and minds without boundaries and without any critical ethical constraints. One constant thread which runs through all of the mismanagement, all of the authoritarian policies, all of the totalitarian logic and messaging has been the role of the World Economic Forum, WEF, and its acolytes. WEF is a key think tank and meeting place for global capitalism management and arguably qualifies as the leading global deep state organization. Under the leadership of Professor Klaus Schwab, It has played an increasingly important role in coordinating the globalized hegemony of transnational capital and large corporations over western democracies during the last three decades. Many of its members actively use COVID-19 as a cover to carry out a quote great reset as described in Schwab's writing. This great reset involves the implementation of digital tracking and control of people ushering in techno-feudalism, and the WEF objective of a fourth industrial revolution incorporating technologies collectively referred to as transhumanism. Western governments and the WEF have identified (coughs) genetic messenger RNA vaccines as the first step towards an inevitable transhuman society which they seek to guide us towards. The WEF has developed and implemented a training program that has yielded thousands of acolytes Who have been placed into positions of power throughout the Western world. A small representative sampling of these individuals includes the following drawn from the ranks of the United States government and industry. Politics and Policy, White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Jeffrey Zintz, Lobby Group, Co-Founder Jeremy Howard, California Governor Gavin Newsom, 2020 Presidential Candidate and U.S. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Batingig, Chelsea Clinton, Hillary Clinton confidant Humma Abedin, former U.S. Ambassador to UN Nikki Haley, former U.S. Ambassador to the UN and USAID Administrator Samantha Power, Eurasia Group founder Ian Brimmer, U.S. British financier Bill Browder, Jonathan Soros son of George Soros, Human Rights Watch Director Kenneth Roth, Economist Paul Krugman, Former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers, Black Lives Matter co-founder Alicia Garza, Ivanka Trump, and Former U.S. Representative Tulsi Gabbard, who is a Democrat from Hawaii. Legacy Media, CNN Medical Analyst Leanna Nguyen, CNN Chief Medical Correspondent, Sanjay Gupta, Twitter personality Eric Fiegel-Ding, New York Times financial columnist Andrew Ross Sorkin, New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman, ABC News commentator George Stephanopoulos, Fox CEO and News Corp co-chair Lachlan Murdoch, Bloomberg columnist Justin Fox, and CNN commentator Anderson Cooper technology and social media, Microsoft founder Bill Gates, former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, Google's co-founders Sergey Ben, Brin and Larry Page, Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, Wikipedia co-founder Jimmy Wales, PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel, ebook, eBay co-founder Pierre Amidyar, Facebook founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook chief operating officer Sheryl Sandberg, Moderna Moderna CEO Stefan Bantzel, Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla, and Pfizer VP Vots. So how does all this tie together? How does reading and listening to the pronouncements of Klaus Schwab and his WEF organization help make sense out of the otherwise nonsensical, what is the underlying answer to the big how and why questions? In August 2021, German author, journalist, International Monetary Fund, and financial expert Ernst Wolff provided his explanation and hypothesis in a seminal lecture which many find useful as they try to make sense out of all that we have experienced and continue to find ourselves having to adapt to. The following is an English language translation of the lecture, which was provided in German. Whether you agree or disagree, I suggest that his insights deserve consideration. I always recommend that you do your own thinking, but some may dismiss his thoughts as conspiracy theories. But this presentation certainly provides plenty to think about. It's called Uncovering the Corona Narrative. It was a presentation in August 2021 by Ernst Wolf. The American president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, once said, quote, nothing happens accidentally in politics and when something happens, you can bet on it that it was exactly planned that way. When one looks at what happened in the last year and a half, then these words are especially alarming. Could it really be the case that everything we've experienced was planned? I'll say one thing right away, I can't produce any evidence for such a plan in the form of verified documents, but after studying this topic for 18 months, I must say that there is an impressive number of signs and indications pointing in exactly this direction. It is this and the consequence thereof that I want to talk about today. The current situation we find ourselves in is unique in the history of mankind. Never before has the whole world been thrown under the rule of this type of coercive regime, as now as now in our time and never have so many measures been taken which at first glance appear so unintelligible, partly so nonsensical, and many cases so contradictory. Officially this is about the most serious health crisis in living memory, but the measures being used against it have not improved the situation but continually made things worse. Every doctor today can confirm the health condition of people The majority of people are worse than before the crisis, and even from the point of view of those who order the measures, we are faced with a shamble. The allegedly threatening fourth wave and the announcement of the need for the third, fourth, and fifth vaccinations show that the purpose of the measures up to now, namely preventing the illness, has failed completely. But that is not all by far. As a consequence of the lockdowns up to now, we have severe global economic crises to manage. Worldwide production hangs in complete disarray, global logistics is on the floor, supply chains are broken, harvests are being lost, food supply bottlenecks and on top of this a scarcity for a large part of the economy of essential semiconductors. But also in this we are seeing the problems are not being addressed and solved but amplified and multiplied via the application of further measures and the constant threats of new restrictions. The most recent example in China, a port freight terminal, the third largest in the world, has been closed down due to a single positive test from a worker there. Or take New Zealand, where during the last week, 5 million people were put in lockdowns for three days because a single 58-year-old had a positive test. A further crisis is affecting the small to medium business sector, which by a long way provides the most jobs worldwide and additionally supplies the largest share of tax revenues. The middle stand, which is small to medium industry sector, is being driven from week to week to further to the wall through the incessant uncertainty in new regulations and has never before been stuck in such a deep crisis as today. But that is not all. We are experiencing at present a brutally increasing worldwide inflation, especially for raw materials, with produce prices and other food producers. But here also, nothing is being done to alleviate the situation, but rather the opposite. The flood of money printing continues and will even be further increased. Countries and central banks have, since the start of the crisis, thrown in almost 20 trillion US dollars into the worldwide monetary system. Without any end in sight, and the International Monetary Fund, as the most powerful financial organization in the world, will give out next Monday, with the US $650 billion, the largest amount ever of its own currency under special withdrawing rights. And the situation in society is no better. Just one example. In the United States, the strongest economy in the world, almost 4 million people are threatened with eviction because they cannot pay their rent or cannot cover their mortgage costs and more than 10 times that many in the United States note in the richest country in the world are not in a position to feed themselves from their own income, and that which, with the intentional destruction of the economy and the rising inflation, has not managed to accomplish, politicians have managed to do. A countrywide fracture of the population, as we have never witnessed before, and now on top of this comes vicious measures as the crowning of the whole thing. The premeditated change of power in Afghanistan was managed by the United States. There, the Taliban have been deliberately handed military materials to the value of $20 billion, a complete air force with 11 uh, supporting airfields available for use, which with absolute certainty will cause the next enormous flood of refugees. Why this, one asks oneself. Why were worldwide measures taken which have caused one disaster after another and pushed the majority of humanity deeper towards the abyss instead of lifting them out of their misery? To answer this question, one has to ask two further questions, namely, who has an interest in this global agenda and who profits from this? The answer to both questions is clear. The biggest profiteer of the current crisis and the most important string puller behind the scenes is the digital financial complex. So a type of special interest community with the largest IT corporations and the largest asset managers of our time at its head. The largest IT concerns include Apple, which is the Google parent company Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, and Facebook. The market capitalization of these five companies alone at present amounts to an incredible $9.1 trillion U.S. trillion. Just for comparison, the gross GDP of Germany, France, and Italy is U.S. dollars $8.6 trillion. Along with these digital concerns, we also have the largest asset managers, namely BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, and Fidelity. They are significantly involved in all IT companies, and not only this, these four companies alone currently manage a total of U.S. dollars $220.6 trillion. Dollars. Again, for comparison, the GDP of all 28 non- nations of the European Union last year amounted to only $15.7 trillion. But it is not just the monstrous financial clout of these concerns which makes the digital financial complex so powerful. Let's first take the IT corporations. They don't just have enormous power themselves. They also control hundreds of thousands of other companies because they organize the digital systems of these other businesses and in this way have a constant overview of their data streams. The IT industry is nothing other than a tumor, which in the course of the past years has metastasized into all other branches of the economy to make them dependent upon it and in the meantime, completely dominate them. And it is not any different with the asset managers. They are involved in every large company in the world and able to influence every popular brand in the world. The largest of them, BlackRock, supplies With more than 40-year-old data analysis system, Aladdin Data Cloud, the greatest fund and financial information in the world has ever seen. And in the background, BlackRock uses this knowledge to advise the largest central banks in the world, the Federal Reserve and the EZB, which is the European Central Bank. Through the huge information advantages which BlackRock has, it is very clear who is dependent upon who. So this has to do with a unique historic mix of raw financial power and discretionary power over an unimaginable huge data pool. This combination allowed these corporations to make a business upswing since the beginning of the crisis as never before. And not only that, their advantage is accelerating continually. Alone, in the last quarter of this year, April, May, and June, these companies have made the largest profits in their whole history. And also, in view of these facts, that's not much left to the imagination. And to come to the conclusion, it is this digital financial complex that is a global, the global power center that drives everything. The digital financial complex stands far above all governments and is ready at all times to bring every government cabinet in the world to its knees and make it compliant. One must wonder, however, all the more about the methods introduced by the digital financial complex since the start of the crisis, because it seems almost as if, as if it is undermining the very system from which it benefits. Here are a few examples. If the digital financial complex destroys small to medium businesses, then it is really destroying its own livelihood. Because as we've heard, the small to medium businesses sector, the middle stand, pays the greatest share of tax revenue and creates the most jobs. And when inflation increases, that also hurts the digital financial complex. And when it destroys social peace through increasing inequality, then it also destroys those who, made its, who it makes its business from. All these are valid objections, but they miss the reality. Namely, this is how it works. The digital financial complex has no choice other than to do what it does at present. What we currently experience is not a formulated written agenda with which it will accumulate yet more money and power and then sit back to enjoy the fruits of its labors. What we are experiencing is a gigantic act of desperation, probably the biggest that has ever occurred in the history of mankind. The cause of this act of desperation is that the system to which the digital financial system owes its existence can no longer be kept alive with the previous business model. It was very close to its demise already during the world financial crisis of 2007-8. to If governments back then had not mobilized huge amounts of tax money and the central banks instructed oodles of money to be created out of nothing, the system would have collapsed there and then. But salvation was only temporary. The amounts of money had to be continuously increased over a period of 12 years and the interest rates had to be reduced several times. So the system was made ever more unstable. In the long term, that could not go well. And last year, it was to the point that the next collapse was threatening. And this collapse has been postponed through a final feat of strength, namely the reduction of interest rates to zero and the injection of billions and billions for one final time. With that, however, a qualitatively new situation has come about. A further deferral would require interest rates to be dropped into the minus range and this would destroy the foundation of the current banking system. Banks cannot operate long-term with negative interest rates. This means that a further deferral with a previously used approach will not be possible. In the present situation, one can inject billions and billions into the system at a maximum of one more time, however, with the result that the already strongly growing rate of inflation will further overheat and be driven into hyperinflation. The situation in which the digital financial complex finds itself is in between the alternatives on one side, final collapse and hyperinflation on the other. So the total loss of value of money. That means historically we've arrived at a point in which the digital financial complex in the framework of the existing system only still has a choice between two types of collapse. This will be continued the next post where I explain what they can do and what we can do about it.